What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua, and welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. We are on the Live Mana Network right now, and uh, so excited to have you here. Today is going to be a lot of fun um, and a very different kind of broadcast. Uh, but again, I am so blessed to have you there. And if you can scan the barcode, it's not that side. It's that side. This is all flipped around. Okay, you can flip there. <laughs> you can scan there. Uh, find information and all the links to our network uh, on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, all the podcast networks, radio. You can find information about our nonprofit media organization, Live Mana Worldwide Foundation, uh, and so much more by just scanning that barcode to make it easy. So excited to have you here. I think I've said that 16 times because that's how excited I am. All right. So most of you that watch this program know where I stand on a lot of things because I don't really hold anything back. You know my story. You know by now that I'm just going to, I'm not exactly going to fit into your little box. Um, and as a man of faith, as somebody that loves the Lord with all his heart, I get a little disruptive and sometimes Christians don't like what I say. But you got to understand, all I'm trying to do is love and meet people where they're at. Because I, too, in this subject today, I should tell you what we're going to talk about first. We have an amazing, amazing, powerful, just badass human being. And uh, she's, I mean, she's quite the misfit, I would have to say, based off what I've been reading about her. But I love what she's doing because she's taking a stand and she's doing things, I believe, for the right reason. And if people don't speak up and fight against these things, like, look, I have no issue with drag queens. I have no issue with the LGBT community. I have no issue with a lot of things that are going to offend people that are maybe maybe a reflection of sin. I don't have an issue with that because we all sin, and I don't necessarily judge people on where they're at. I gave my life to the Lord. I was still battling my sexuality. It wasn't like I got saved and all of a sudden I wasn't confused anymore. No, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and I've been walking with the Lord for six years the Lord has slowly healed me with DID. And look, I'm not completely healed of DID. Sometimes I switched. I switched four days ago. And it's awful. It's an awful feeling. I hate it. But I'm getting closer to being healed. There's times that I still struggle with my sexuality. But I just give it to the Lord. I don't act. And this is the beauty of the Lord, is that he has healed me so much that I don't have, I don't let this power overtake me the desire for drugs, being a 20-year chemsex addict. Like, I don't, like, I'm not judging the gay community or the bisexual community or the transgender community or drag queen community. I'm not. And here's why. Because I've been around them most of my life. Like, and some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life are bisexual, gay, transgender, and so on. That said, the agenda that's fueling all of these things like drag queen story hour and, and your children. Who in, the, who in the hell thought it was a good idea to send kids to a strip club for watch drag queens? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Do you know what happens in a strip club? Do you know? Like, it's just asinine to me. And our guest today is somebody, and this is inspiring because I, I can look around and I see all of these adults and they use social media to lash out, but they're not doing anything. They're just using social media to retweet, to post, and so on. But they're not taking action. Our guest today, uh, gosh, I hope I'm saying her name right, Kelly Neidart. And please forgive me if I just said that wrong, Kelly. She's taking it. She's taking the fight. 
out in public. She's not hiding behind a keyboard. She's actually doing it. In fact, that drag queen uh, at the strip club thing that was going on, she, her organization, Protect Texas Kids, you can go to protecttxkids.org and learn all about her organization. But from what I understand, from the way I saw it, and she can correct me and tell the whole story, but she's the one that brought the party to disrupt what was going on in the strip club. And look, I'm not speaking out against strippers. I, I, <laughs> I'm not judging any of this because I get it. And I get even if you're a Christian, there's still a struggle. There's still sin. There's still like, there's just still like you're not healed. And, 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 but at the same time, this, this way of like just turning a blind eye to evil, look, it, it's disgusting. And so Kelly and her organization, they're fighting against CRT. Uh, the, the gender modification for minors, like who has the guts to do this? I haven't seen many people, but Kelly does. And I'm absolutely honored to have her here. And listen, I don't believe in spreading hate. I am again, all about love. And this is not me. And I, I don't know Kelly's stance on this. I'm not speaking for her. She doesn't speak for me, but she is going to get the opportunity to speak her truth. My truth is, I got no issue with the LGBT community whatsoever. I don't. I can't be. That would be, it, 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 and literally, that would be the most hypocritical thing that I could ever do. I, I'm just not going to do it, but the agenda behind it and all the other letters that keep adding to it, it's disgusting and it's evil and it's wrong and it's got to stop. And I believe that Kelly and her organization are going to inspire a movement globally to shut this crap down. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back after this message. Yeah. The red. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is one heck of a nickname to have. The, the most hated conservative college student in the state of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome somebody that I think I'm going to like a lot. Kelly Nidar. What's up, Kelly? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, tell me I pronounced your name wrong because or right because it's, <laughs> that it's would right, be really yeah. embarrassing. I did it's, it. It's, yes. a, it's a weird last name, so everyone gets it wrong, but that's right. <sighs> okay, I got lucky because typically I butcher last names. Even if you told me right before we broadcasted, <laughs> I was still going to get it wrong. But I am blessed to have you here. But first things first, before we get into all that you're up to, what are you grateful for today and why? Um, today I would say I'm grateful for my friends. I had a good night last night. We went out and hung out and, um, I've been so busy lately that I haven't had a chance to do that. And so it was really great last night getting to just see my friends and, um, kind of relax and take a break from everything. So that's in you. I, I didn't really, and I have to be honest with you. I didn't know about you until this weekend mm -hmm. and saw the videos on, uh, on Twitter, and then I immediately reached out because what you did took courage. What? When did your when did your organization start, and when was it for you that you decided that enough is enough, and you're going to go not just tweet about it, but actually get in the trenches and fight this injustice and evil? And I call CRT. And gender modification, I call that an injustice because it's child abuse. But what motivated you to step out and say, screw all this, I'm going after. I'm going after fighting for what's right. So my organization, Protect Texas Kids, launched um, at the very end of April. And so um, I started this group as I was graduating from college because, um, I mean, this is like my job now. Um, this is what I do for a job. And I had seen so much at college, just, I mean, these students that I was going to school with were so indoctrinated and it didn't just happen overnight. You don't become a leftist just because you step foot on a college campus. Um, it's the product of indoctrination from K through 12. And so um, I looked at that and of course there's groups, like I was in a conservative college group and there's um, other groups like that on campus kind of fighting that, but, um, there's not many groups out there fighting the indoctrination in K through 12. Um, and it's not even just in schools, it's in communities because it's in culture. So um, at that point, just seeing how bad things were or like what point we were at in college with these students, um, I decided I wanted to fight it um, for the younger kids as well. So that's why I uh, started my group and that's why I do what I do. Now, are you in Dallas or Austin? I live um, in the Dallas area. Yeah. So okay. all of um, what we look at is in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So what college did you go to? I went to the University of North Texas. Okay. I drove, I, I'm originally from Oklahoma City. So the Dallas was my big city growing up. So I've driven <laughs> past that a million times uh, growing up. Um, and from my impression of Dallas, and I could be wrong, correct me, because I didn't live there. But it was a weird, like, it, it was almost like liberal conservative. Is that accurate? Is the majority there? Or what is it? Re what is the political temperature there? I think that right now it's probably a lot more left leaning. Um, really? It's really kind of gone downhill. I mean, there's 
um, homeless camps everywhere. There's a lot of crime. It's kind of turned into Austin. Um, like when I go to Dallas, my parents will tell me to be safe and um, they get kind of nervous just because of how, how bad it's gotten. So it's definitely a lot more um, liberal than it used to be. What is, you know, it's one thing, you know, criticism, like you grew up in a different generation than I did. We didn't have social media until I was really out of college, or at least that I can, well, in college, I guess. And, you know, we didn't have the instant criticism, the instant hate, the instant support, the, the dopamine spike that comes from social media. But the influence and attacks now can come from every means. It's not just an email. It's not just a comment um, on a video. It's social media and then in person. But, you know, it's one thing for a, an adult who, you know, I think that adults should be able to handle criticism and things like that, um, you know, a lot better than somebody that's your age. And not to say that you're young and in any of that, or not to dismiss your age. It's just that. I can, I just remember how I was at your age, around your age, and I was really insecure and any negative feedback and anything that blew back in my face, like I wouldn't be able to handle that well. You are stepping on the toes of a very evil bear. So what has it been like for you to be able to have to face all of, I would imagine, criticism from every possible angle? What's that been like for you? Um, it honestly hasn't been too difficult for me. I think that, I mean, it started when I was in college and it just every semester just kind of increased. And so I was able to kind of just um, get accustomed to it. And I find a lot of humor in it as well. So a lot of the time, the things that people say to me and the insults they try to say, I just find them funny. And so um, I, it doesn't really affect me too much, honestly. Um, I'm pretty... I'm pretty just like um, pretty easygoing. And so I, I don't know. I just have never been super bothered by it. So you, you know who you are. In other words, you know, yes. your identity. Yes. What a great, I didn't know mine till I was 36. <laughs> so <laughs> actually maybe even 38. I'm not for sure. Um, and that, that in itself is pretty special. I, I would have, so did you have a pretty good upbringing with your parents? Yes, um, I grew up in um, church and I have a twin brother um, and my parents are very strong Christian um, and they're great parents. I had a great family and great support system. So, yeah. The agenda that we need right now, if there's any agenda in the world, is make the family unit great again. Um, mm -hmm. And look, and I, as I shared in the opening, I have no issue with the LGBT, LGBT community because I understand how it happens. It can happen through being molested through abuse. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why people, you know, just choose or they they may think that they're gay and then realize that they're not. I mean, there's, there's I, I understand how it happens because I live that life. And even though I don't live it now, I refuse to sit here and lash out against the community. But this agenda to me is evil. In your experience, have you had any support from the LG, LGBT community in what you're doing um, going against the agenda? I think so. Um, not much, but I mean, I did have, even after just this weekend, I had some people reaching out to me and saying that um, one person even said that they were um, inside the bar. Like they had signed up to go to it. They didn't have any kids, but they wanted to go to it. And then um, 
they just said while they were sitting in there watching, they were just deeply disturbed about, um, you know, why are kids even allowed in here? I'm not sure if they knew that it was going to be um, an event with kids, um, but they just said that they fully agree with my organization's stance and that children shouldn't be involved in that. And so a lot of them, um, I think, are reasonable and they have common sense and um, could agree with that. But then again, on the other hand, there's a lot that are in support of it. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I've seen drag queens. I uh, saw one. I'm actually trying to get her on my show that was speaking out against it when drag queen story hour was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, because I do think that people understand like there's there are, it's the same people that fought. I, I This is probably not the same comparison, but for the same people that were grassroots fighting for our right to have access to cannabis as a medicine. I, I, I think about the people, the pioneers of the LGBT community that just wanted rights. They wanted the ability to get married and, and people can have their opinions about that. That's fine. But I would think that the people that fought for it, the, the, at the origins of it have to be looking at what's happening right now going, this is going to run it for all of us. I mean, I think about now what's happening with monkeypox and they're, we're getting ready to have the AIDS crisis all over again because of what was in the jab. And we don't have to go down that road right now, but people with the monkeypox is shingles and shingles is a symptom of HIV and of AIDS and what's going to happen. And you can see it. It's like reading the tea leaves. They're getting ready to now blame this on gay and bisexual men, like all, all the hell that's about to break loose. And it just so happens that this is pride month. So this is a very hot topic. I want to talk to you. Do you think in any way that that event this weekend in Dallas uh, with the kids, do you think it was staged at all? I mean, I know it happened, but do you think it was set up by an organization like Act Blue or someone like that to try to fuel this fire of divide that we have right now in this country? I'm honestly not sure. I think that it's odd that it happened because I've never seen, um, I mean, I've been on the lookout for other events like these, um, not even just in Dallas, but in um, Texas, really, I've been looking at everywhere. And I've never seen one that blatantly advertises like, bring your kids, like drag the kids to pride. I've never seen one like that. And so I did think that was very odd. Um, I'm not sure if I would say that it was set up, but I think that it's definitely a possibility because there were some things about it that were very strange. Yeah. I'm my big, I don't want to spend too much time on the the drag queen, uh, the strip show that happened, but I do, it, it really alarms me that all this talk with the gender modification even communicating with kids this young about, I mean, I, I think that you have, the parents have to be able and willing to be honest about sex, but forcing kids' attention on it is very, very dangerous. Like I, when I was molested, I became very over-sexualized at the age of seven. That's how monsters are created. And what they're doing right now is creating a bunch of monsters, and it terrifies me. There's a lot of people that don't understand CRT, uh, critical race theory. They they only know what they see in the headlines and the tweets and th- in the post and things like that. But the true, like what it really is, I don't think a lot of people either for or against truly understand what it is. 
Do you mind telling the audience what CRT is and why it's dangerous? I think um, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And I mean, to put it very, very simply, I think that it's honestly just curriculum and um, theory that basically teaches white children that they should be um, guilt, they should feel guilty and they should feel bad because they're white. Um, and yeah. it kind of raises up um, black kids and black people um, and puts them a lot higher than, um, and not just blacks, but other races and puts them a lot higher than um, white people. Um, that's really what it is very simply. And obviously I don't need to explain why that's harmful. No, well, I mean, no one should be put over anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we sure as heck shouldn't apologize for how God created us. I mean, th that in itself is I'm never going to apologize for white. But at the same time, I'm not going to ignore the fact that there's slavery. I'm not going to ignore the fact that I've grown up as a white. I should I, I probably should still be in prison. If I was any other color than white, I would still be in prison or I would have been locked up a long time ago. Uh, it just, I, I, I just think about all the situations that I was able to get out of because I was white or whatever, but that's not the only issue. I mean, there's been a lot of other things like redlining and gentrification. There's a reason why African-Americans and black people are upset it, th th and every right to native Americans have a reason to be upset. Every racial group has a reason to be upset. The Jewish community. I mean, it's, it's all across the board, but this emphasis now and what they're doing, it's poisoning the minds of children. And also, it's robbing them of their own self ability to have self-esteem. As I said about you, you know your identity. When you're apologizing for your race, you're basically dismissing how God created you. Therefore, you're dismissing your purpose, what, you're, what you were created to do in this world. It's all crap. That said, up to this date, Every the educa public education system, even colleges, the curriculum is still been skewed one way. They've lied about our history. They've never told us the truth. We've been a part of a propaganda machine since we were born, even me. And I'm 43 now. But everything they were teaching me in school was BS. That wasn't the real history. And now they're changing history again. I mean, it's just it's maddening to me. What, in your opinion... Do you feel is the solution for this? Honestly, I'm not sure. I don't know that anyone really truly knows the solution. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to get to a solution when there's so much fighting about it and mm -hmm. so much arguing and disagreement. I think that if we were able to kind of sit down with all sides and have um, like a civil discussion about it and try to reach an agreement, that would be the first step. But I... I'm kind of pessimistic and I really don't see that happening. Um, no. So I'm really not sure. <laughs> I, I think it needs to all blow up. Like we need, the, I think the economy needs to crash. I think we got to just scrap it and start from zero, which sound yeah. it's going to be a nightmare and it's going to crash anyway. Cause I think they're the government and our leaders now are intentionally trying to crash it so they yeah. can bring in the new financial system. And that's another conversation. Um, gender modification. So I would imagine if you're speaking out against this, which you should be, because I, I, you know what? I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I'm sure I try to wear my mom's shoes and I probably put on her bra and underwear and all that weird stuff because I was just a curious kid. 
that didn't mean that I wanted to be a woman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I didn't know, like, I, I couldn't even wipe my own butt. So how in the, is it that you think, or people think that kids can make the choice of, eh, I'm really not this sex. I'm, I'm a woman or I'm trans or I'm any of the other 98 genders that they've created. But in your, in your research and what you've been in this fight, what has been the most shocking, other, it's pretty shocking on its own, but what's been one of the sh- most shocking things you've learned about this gender modification with minors movement that's going on? I think what's so disturbing to me is that a lot of doctors push for this and they they want it. They want their patients to do this. And I'm talking young, like more than like 12. Um, they're, they're very encouraging and they seem to really just push them towards it. Um, and I also think that, I mean, the parents are doing that a lot of the times too, but just to see the doctors doing it and reading about that, I think that's really disturbing because I mean, these are kids, um, they have no idea. It's one thing to, um, I went to elementary school. I remember there was one girl who, um, was a tomboy and she would wear, boys clothes to school or whatever. No one really cared. And she eventually grew out of it. It wasn't a big deal. That's one thing. If your kid wants to wear different clothes for a little while, who cares? I mean, um, kids just do that. That's kind of, I think that's normal. Um, and like I said, she was just a tomboy, but if she had been doing that now, um, people would have tried to push her to become transgender. Um, and it's just, it's, that's ridiculous to me because a child that young has no idea. Hmm. You're right. I, I have friends. The other thing, one of the other things that I mentioned at the beginning, I think is that, you know, when I was living the, my evil dark life before I gave my life to the Lord, you know, I was friends with, I mean, prostitutes and massage girls and like, I mean, and, and transgendered and gay people. I mean, I was just in that world. And a lot of the transsexual people that I got to know I would say that probably 65% of them when they were being open and vulnerable said they regretted their decision of transitioning. It was a nightmare for them and it's heartbreaking. And so, and the few that I've, I haven't really kept in touch with a lot of them because I've tried to separate myself, you know, cause it's, it's going back to you going back to the old places is not necessarily a good thing when you're trying to live for the Lord. But that said, my heart for that community hasn't changed, but it's really, it's, it's sad to me that the, the few that I, I, I did keep up with and kind of knew about because of their regret really turned to some pretty hardcore drugs and, and just wasted their life and ended up getting really sick. And, you know, I mean, that I, it, it, it's sad and I, it's hard for me not to think of it as an evil spirit, uh, a demon or something like that that's taken over, whether it was a, a generational curse or generational sin that was passed over or something that happened through molestation or abuse. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not an expert. I'm not a scientist and I'm definitely not a psychiatrist, but having been around it most of my life, I have to think that it is, a, it's a spirit of some kind and, and it's really troubling. And I don't think that the, the are these doctors and it's proof with what happened with the, the COVID that, a lot of these doctors are getting paid really, really well to help push these agendas, to turn a blind eye to the real science, the real studies. They're getting greedy. 
And, and that's a really scary thing. And it makes me think a lot of God in the Bible where it talks about, you know, money itself is not evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And we're seeing that play out in a big way when we have these doctors that are literally pushing kids, as you said, to transition. I don't, do you ever read, do you ever go on Reddit by any chance? Um, I do not really. I was banned from it after like a day, so I don't get on there. <laughs> I get away with murder over there, pretty, figurative speech, not real uh -huh. murder. Um, it's amazing what you can get away with there, but you're right. They are starting to censor people, but there is a bunch of different threads going on of some of these people the, that, that some of the kids that were, you know, kind of pressured by their doctor or even worse. I don't know if it's worse than being pressured, but it's pretty dadgum bad. But the doctors are not telling the kids the full picture. They're mm -hmm. not giving them the, like, they're just giving them the benefit side. They're not going, well, you should expect this to happen and then this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. Like they're not being upfront and honest. And so you're seeing a lot of regret uh, and a no turning back for a lot of these kids that have made this decision, whether it was the pressure of their doctor or even their parents. And it's really a shame. What can organizations like yours do? What can you do to go up against the medical community that's doing things like this? I think one thing, and I actually just had someone email me this yesterday, I think, and I thought it was interesting. Um, one thing is to find doctors that are on our side. And somebody emailed me um, the name of a group. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but um, they had said that this group of doctors is pretty much on our side with this issue. And so I think if we were to get statements from doctors who do agree with us um, and find some videos of that and push those out, I think that that would help a lot because people blindly trust what doctors say. And I think that that's why um, all of these kids are doing this and their parents are letting them if their parents aren't, you know, the ones pushing them to it. Um, I think that people are blindly just trusting what the doctors are saying. And that goes for like COVID too um, and everything sure. else really. Um, so I think that it's really important to just find doctors who um, are on our side. Um, I did read an op-ed yesterday of a doctor saying that, and um, she was just saying that um, people are so surprised when she says she doesn't just like blindly prescribe children um, hormone blockers or anything like that. Um, just because they come and make an appointment with her. She doesn't do that. Um, she wants to actually help them. And she said that she gets a lot of heat from her colleagues and people in the community, but um, she really believes that she's, you know, being a doctor about it and not just, you know, um, prescribing kids with this stuff, um, just blindly doing it. So um, I think that finding more articles like that and, you know, reaching out to these people as well. Well, I think that that's going to be one way that um, helps sway the minds of the other side. Yeah, we've we've got it. We use our platform uh, as a censorship free platform for other people and we really give it away. So if you're a doctor that's watching this or you're a truth teller, you're somebody from the medical community or a nonprofit like yours, Kelly, that needs a platform to get their message out across all over the world on every platform censorship free. We give the spots away. Um, it's part of this, what we do as a nonprofit media organization is giving, not just being a voice for the voiceless, but to elevate other voices for the voiceless like yours. Because what you're doing is you're, you're trying to save a generation of people. 
because the way it's going now, there will be no more generations of people. Like, I'm pretty sure that if this keeps going this way, we're going to see God's wrath sooner than later. And I'm glad to be a Christian. I mean, I call, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I, like, I'm glad to be on that side. I'm glad that I know that I'm going to heaven so I can play full out during these times. I got to tell you, it's pretty exciting to watch the Bible play out before our eyes. Like every time I open it up, every single morning, no matter where I go, it's like, was this written yesterday? Because I swear to you, it's happening right now. Like we're living in it. And it's just amazing to me. So as you, again, you're a different generation. Are you Generation Z? I, I, don't, I don't know. What, I am, yeah, I'm Gen Z. Okay. Because I, I, I don't even know which generation I am. <laughs> I thought, I think I'm a millennial. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But Generation Z, it's like, what is it like for, for you guys that you've been through 9-11? You've seen the economy crash. Like, you've seen some really hairy stuff in your lifetime. How is it that you have hope when you've literally, you're almost your entire life, have been under some type of psychological warfare or terrorist attacks. I mean, you've been, well, it's, yeah, you've been through it. Like you've lived a very different life than I did. Um, What is that like for Generation Z and yourself? I mean, for me, um, this has just been normal. Obviously, I haven't experienced anything else. So um, I don't really think about it too much. I mean, there's kind of a, a joke that goes around on social media that's like, um, we're tired of living through all these like historical situations. Um, and so like, we're aware that this hasn't been quite normal, but this is our normal. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really think too much about it. I'm hopeful that things will kind of calm down and, um, we'll stop living through these, um, really historical things, but, um, obviously that's not going to be anytime soon. I think that's going to take several years for that. So, yeah, it's going to have to, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm afraid. And mm-hmm. it seems like it's getting closer to just blowing up sooner than later, but yeah. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I'm excited to be a part of it because I do believe that while we're going to see hell break out on earth, I do believe that there is an equal reaction or what is it, equally opposite reaction to every action, whatever that <laughs> whatever that theory is. But I do believe that we are going to see an equal amount of good. And one of the things that I love to cling to, or at least I've convinced myself of, is during these times, these last days of, you know, whatever you want to call it, when hell does break out, we are going to get to experience God's spirit like never before. And we're going to be able to rise to the occasion to be the solution because there's going to be a lot of people hurting when all of this happens. There's going to be people that are waking up to a reality that they never knew before because they trusted the government. They trusted their teachers. They trusted their TVs. And and it's going to be a really shocking experience for them. But we as believers get to be the hands and feet of Jesus during those times. And we still get to love and we get to love all the people that mocked us and said we were crazy conspiracy theorists and everything else. We still get to love them as hard as that will be. Um, is that is that the attitude, do you think, of Generation Z? Is that, way hey, we've been attacked, we've been abused, we've been all of that, but I'm going to love, I'm going to love, I'm going to love you through it anyway. I don't think that's the attitude. I mean, most people in my generation seem to be um, on the other side. 
Um, and I think that like the vast, well, not the vast majority, but I think definitely over half. Um, and I think that a lot of people, even um, people that are like fully aware of what's going on that I know, they don't necessarily think that all of this is about to blow up. Um, you know, like they see this stuff happening, but they just don't think that, you know, they, they, they just don't really think that, you know, we're going to see a big consequence from it. And so I don't think that that's on anyone's mind in my generation, really very few. Oh dear God, there are consequences. <laughs> There's consequences for everything, yeah. even perceived good. I, you hand somebody a million dollars right now. I promise you they're going to have consequences from it. It's just, oh man, that is, that, that's actually frightening to me that, they don't see that, but it is what it is. You know what? There's people my age that don't see it either. They think, ah, whatever. I, I, I having suffered the consequences of all my actions, uh, even after giving my life to the Lord, you're not, you're not, uh, what is it? Reprieved from consequences. Once you become a Christian, <laughs> you feel them a little bit differently. Yes, but you still get them. Um, yeah. Wow. So, what is next for your organization? What what new fights are you going to take on? Are you going to further entrench yourself in CRT and gender modification and going against the over-sexualization of kids? Or is there something new that you guys are going to go after now? So, um, yeah, we're still going to be going after these um, drag shows. There's another Sunday that it's a Disney-themed drag show and children will be there. So, that's concerning. So we're going to go after that. Um, and some of these other pride events directed at kids, um, usually like during, um, May, not so much now cause it's summer, but I was going to all these different school board meetings in the area. And, um, the big thing right now is these like explicit books that are in school libraries. Um, like that's like the biggest thing right now. And so I've been looking a lot at that. So, um, since it's summer, we're going to be looking more at like not the school stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, the same, you know, gender modification clinics that are doing that. And then um, these pride events directed at kids. Those books are awful. We, um, our kids go to a different school because we, we split with uh, their, their dad. And my wife saw some of the books that were in the library and went on, not the attack, but we like started raising a stink about it and rightfully so. And it's amazing. It was amazing to me to see how much backlash she got. And I'm wondering, are you looking at these books? Are you looking at it through the eyes of an adult going, oh, that's nothing. Like, are you, we are, are adults this over-sexualized now that they can't see the wrongs in a five and seven year old seeing sexual positions? It's not even about the gay or any of that. It, it's nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that these pictures are relatively graphic for a five and seven year old. I remember the Sears catalogs. This is an older joke for older people here. But if you're a guy in the Sears catalogs, you know what I'm talking about. That was the thing for us when we were kids. We'd steal them from our parents. They had clothes on. These books, no. They're showing sexual positions. It's gone too far. And I love what you're doing. Can you tell people where to support you? I know I said the website earlier, but... Like, what are the ways that you guys need support now? And also, what is the overall vision? Are you planning on going to other states, other cities? Uh, talk about that a little bit, please. 
So um, you can support us at our website. It's protecttxkids.org. And then we are on Twitter at protect underscore tx underscore kids. Um, and Facebook and Instagram as well, the same handle. Um, so right now I'm looking at um, my goal right now is to kind of influence legislation in Texas. Um, and when um, we're in session, I plan on going down to Austin and testifying. We actually had um, right after this drag show for kids on Saturday, uh, one of our state reps put out a statement saying that he's going to file legislation to ban um, drag shows in the presence of minors. So hmm. we're already making progress with that. And that's really um, that's my goal for now. Um, and I think that that is going to take some time. Um, after that, I mean, I'd love to go on and um, do some of this work in other states, but I think it's going to take a while for that to happen. I heard someone say, "Is a good friend of mine." Um, well, I said, "Good friend, good online friend." <laughs> uh, he, I, we were talking about because we deal with a lot of uh, human trafficking and uh, CPS crimes, and that's kind of, you know, really what we're geared towards, and. You know, and, and everybody wants to stop trafficking all over the world. And I was like, what do you do? I mean, this is like you have police, you have the government, you, everyone's involved in this border police, doctors. I mean, the 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 adoption people, what are they called? Uh, foster care system, CPS. There's just so much corruption everywhere. How in the world do you stop it? How do you put a dent in it? And he said, well, you can't change the world until you change your community. Mm -hmm. And it just it changed my whole perspective on all of it because he's right. It is so important that we win this battle in our community first before we can win it anywhere else. So if you're in the Texas area, folks, or anyone that's watching right now, if you, if you're just, even if you're not in Texas in the Dallas area, uh, what Kelly's doing is really, really powerful. And if you believe in it, I just please sew into them because this is going to take money. It's going to take resources and you got to understand there is more of them than there are of people like her. And so they need the resources. They need the power of the media. They need all of that to be able to change this narrative. Kelly, um, I do want to recommend this because one of the most powerful things that you can do, you guys are very, you're on social media, you have your website, but if you guys ever need help creating a podcast or a TV show just to get your messages out, and blog, any of that stuff, if you ever need help with that, we are more than happy to help, uh, to gift that to you guys. It's what we do. And we would love to help support your mission because, again, I'm glad that you're not spewing hate against anyone. But what you are doing is trying to save children. And, mm -hmm. and someone needs to be fighting for children right now. So I really do appreciate the way that you're going about this. I appreciate the work that you're doing. And I'm super grateful for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Very cool. Do you have any other plugs that you want to shout out and then we can end? Um, really, our biggest thing is our Twitter. Um, that's where we do most of our, uh, we'll post the explicit books there. Um, we'll post tips there. Um, so yeah, that's really the biggest thing. If people want to follow that, that'd be awesome. Cool. Very cool. Well, Kelly, God bless you. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Not easy to take that on. Uh, she's about her business too. My goodness. Uh, I I wish I was that mature when I was 36. I'm not even that mature now. Anyway, 
Uh, I really appreciate the work that they're doing. And, you know, I was kind of concerned. I was prepared because you never know. But so many of these activist groups and, and groups like hers, they go after everybody and it's just hate and it's, 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 it's fighting the wrong way. I believe they're fighting the right way and they're fighting for your children. <laughs> they're fighting to save the children's innocence. Children don't need their innocence taken from them. I'm passionate about this because my innocence was taken. And made you, you know, mind you, I still probably would have been a maniac, just not as a maniac and not as evil, had my innocence not been taken. And I'm not, look, I don't look at myself as a victim because God, by the, uh, by the grace of God, um, he's taken all that was meant to kill me, all that was meant to hurt me, all that was meant to shut me down. He's taken that and he's used it for good. I mean, yeah, there's some people that don't like me, but that's, you know, just part of it. But, I, you know, I, the, the most beautiful thing in the world is that he took my life of evil and he gave meaning to it. And he wants to do that for everyone. Everyone. And, and I'm, I'm disgusted that this, this, this crap is going on. I mean, just the gender modification. I don't like CRT at all, but I don't like anything that points at anyone and says we're better. I don't like it when Christians do it. I don't like it when Muslims do it. I don't like it when anyone does it. I don't even like it when I do it because sometimes I do it too, because you know, sometimes my ego takes over, but I feel sick after I do it because it's not I know it's not what God wants from us. God wants us to love. <sighs> what a world. I can't imagine what it, I mean, my, we are, we are honest with our two kids and um, we tell them everything and, uh, and they get it. But I just, and, and like she said, you know, she's growing up with it. She doesn't know any different. No. I, 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 I want to see, I don't want that to be the thing. I want kids to have hope and I want kids to feel safe. I want kids to know that they were created for something extraordinary and God has a plan for them regardless of what they're seeing, regardless of what they're growing up in. But I'm telling you, if you, if you don't get it yet, why this is bad, Kids, when they're growing up, like every, they're a sponge about everything. So they remember, I remember the first set of boobies that I saw, which were my mom's. But I mean, I remember, like I remember every, like being in the locker room. And I, I remember all of that. Because I think at that age, you're so curious. And then when bad things happen to you, like being molested and abused, like, and then that changes things. But then you still have the visuals. And it rots you. Like children should not be interested and obsessed with sex yet. And, the, and, and, and it's one thing for children to self-explore. And I think that that's part of growing up. 
And I don't know if, if it's the TV that helps do bring that on or, you know, it's our it's just the way that we are as humans. I don't know. Not an expert on that subject. But I do know that when you're forcing sex in people's face, kids' faces, it's like it gets cemented into your brain and it doesn't go away and you become obsessed. Why it was so hard for me as a believer and as a Christian to turn away from that life. And again, it taunts me all the time still. Taunts me. But it was hard for me like to, to, to not have to pervert sex to make it interesting for me because I'd gone that extreme. Again, and please don't Google the term chemsex or have your safety thing on if you do. But you don't, you, people that become chemsex addicts are, don't have normal sexual behavior. And, and I'm not saying that every one of these kids are going to turn into a chemsex addict, but I am telling you that you are opening the door for it. And it's how monsters are born. I'm the author, along with my wife, of The Devil Inside Me. It's a story of my life before Jesus. It's, I'm scared for the youth. And we need more people, more good people, standing up and fighting this. And if you don't, you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. Now's the time to say enough. God bless you. Thank you for watching.